The thing that was always great about working on Steven was that Rebecca always had very clear ideas on what she wanted the show to be and what she wanted the stories to be like. She always had a very clear vision of how she wanted the whole thing to feel. Work on Steven, I mean, we really saw how much all the representation on Steven Universe like meant to people, and it really inspired us to try and carry that torch forward when we made a show. A lot of the things that she's known for now were really apparent early on, so it's more a matter of the network catching up <laughs> to what she wanted to do. Welcome to a special episode of the Steven Universe Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Abadre, one of the co-producers of this show. And today we're shining spotlight on Steven Universe creator Rebecca Sugar, welcoming some of her fellow showrunners and former collaborators who helped bring Steven Universe to life. We've got Adam Muto, Rebecca's first storyboard partner on Adventure Time, who later became showrunner of that series. Ian Jones-Cordy, who worked alongside Rebecca on both Steven and KO. And Matt Burnett and Ben Levin, writers on Steven Universe who went on to create their own series, Craig of the Creek. We'll hear some unique insight on Rebecca's career at Cartoon Network from some of the people who know her best. All right, I'm here with Adam Muto, who was once upon a time Rebecca's storyboard partner on Adventure Time and later the showrunner of Adventure Time. Welcome, Adam. Hi. Nice to be here. So starting off this story, um, how did you actually get into the animation industry? Like, what was your uh, personal trajectory? Well, that one's tricky because... Adventure Time has basically been my career since mm -hmm. I left school, outside of a small window where I was a freelance animator and worked on some commercials nobody saw and websites that are defunct. I've basically been defined by working on Adventure Time, which I think is, is sort of non-standard. Usually people kind of dip their toes in more productions, but I, I got lucky in a lot of ways where the first show I worked on was kind of a show that I was tailored for and was your first job on that as a storyboard artist or did you start in a different role i didn't have a job title for the first three months okay uh, and i i'm not <laughs> i don't remember why i think it was because we were all so new they were a little hesitant to commit putting these people in charge of different things so uh there was pen and there was pat who's kind of the right hand man and then i was also there but it was very uncertain why i was there i mean i i knew what i wanted to do but at the time it was still getting figured out the show was still getting figured out and so i think i landed in the writer's room but then there was a big switch over and then i ended up uh storyboarding which was probably for the best I, I should have started out in storyboarding but uh it took a while to get there so did you have more of a writing background or an artist background than when you started i think neither i had a animation background in that i spent most of my time in college just doing animation tests and just trying to get better at animation in an abstract way and while i was working on those tests i would just kind of endlessly thumbnail like scene ideas and shot ideas and just testing out compositions and at the time i was thumbnailing sequences but i didn't think of it like that i, I was just thinking of it as like prep for animation and so when the original Adventure Time pilot got picked up, uh, it was kind of an open submission for storyboards. Like, that's how you got your show made. You had you had to pitch a storyboard to Frederator. And so while he was doing that, I, I also wanted to try just to get it out of the way. Because I thought, if you make a pilot early on, the odds are that you will make a, another one are better. Just because you have one under your belt. Yeah. 
And that's the only pilot I've made, so I think I was wrong. <laughs> but I did learn more about the pipeline, and I did uh, storyboard that first short. And so that did kind of help me segue into storyboarding on Adventure Time. Got it. And then when you started storyboarding, was Rebecca your first board partner? When I started on the show, I was partnered with Elizabeth Ito, and she recently did that short for Cartoon Network, Welcome to My Life, and she since moved on. But we had kind of been at CalArts around the same time, but didn't have much interaction, so... We kind of met each other on Adventure Time, and thankfully we clicked, and we did have a pretty good working relationship. But after that, she kind of left to work on features for a while. So heading into season two, I didn't have a partner, and I wasn't sure who I was going to be partnered with. And then they partnered you with Rebecca. Yeah, she had come on to do revisions. So I think the first time I had seen her work outside of uh, her student film, Singles, which was amazing, and that was like one of the main reasons we hired her. But she was doing revisions on the show, and I remember seeing some of the revisions she had done for Dungeon, uh, which was an episode I had boarded first season, and they were just, like, way better drawings. <laughs> and I was like, oh, she's she's really good. I mean, I knew she was good, but just seeing kind of the contrast between my really rough drawings and her really uh, nicely right, composed and just beautiful poses, and it was like, oh, okay, this is... This is different than what I'm doing. Um, what was sort of your first impression of her when you got to actually sit down and work together on something? I felt basic because her, <laughs> her drawings are like so beautiful and lyrical and just there's so much energy in a lot of her poses. And I just, I mean, just from a drawing standpoint, I felt really stiff, I think, in comparison. But that wasn't anything she projected onto me. I think when, when she started, she was just like eager to do the job. Like she, she hadn't done a ton of storyboarding before then, but she was just really excited to give it a chance and, and take the outline and sort of shape it into something that she was excited about. Yeah. So our first outline that we got was originally titled Lord of Evil Stole My Guitar. And that turned into, it came from the Nidosphere. Mm. And she probably remembers this different, but <laughs> I remember it being fine, but I think we rewrote and redrew that thing at least three or four times. I think it was... I think there were some pretty massive rewrites with that. The whole episode or just third yeah, season? Yeah, I think the whole thing. Back then, it was still, it was second season, but we were still figuring out sort of the tone of the show. And I think you can kind of see a progression from season one to season two as it's kind of shifting. So season two and that episode specifically, it got more emotional, I think. And that was something that was really important to Rebecca, like tracking Marceline as an emotional person and mm. what she was going through. So... She really identified with Marceline in that episode, and I think that kind of uh, influenced how she approached it. And I didn't identify with Marceline as much, but I was very happy to kind of support uh, a lot of the things she was trying to do with it. Yeah, makes sense. So then, so you worked together then throughout season two and season three, and then around that time, you you got a different board partner. Is that right? No, at that at that time, uh, there was some some reshuffling and staff. So I ended up moving up to supervising director, though I think we had a different name for it at the time. So her board partner was Cole Sanchez from that point on. Okay. And then so you were kind of supervising like all the different board teams or certain board teams as they were um, yeah, we, doing their episodes. Yeah, we had two directors, so they were split up between those two directors. So yeah, she was one of the teams I was working with. So I, I did get to keep working with her and, and see her boards, uh, but it was it was different. Yeah. How was it different kind of working as a supervisor instead of as a partner for Rebecca? You just bored less. <laughs> uh, 
no it was cool because cole is like one of the funniest board artists that i know so just seeing how she worked with him was really interesting just because they have such different strengths and mm -hmm. you you'd kind of see that in the episodes because cole is is a super funny board artist and rebecca is funny but she's also very emotional and she wants characters to really emote and kind of seeing that contrast was funny are there any episodes that come to mind that sort of like illustrate that for you um maybe burning low mm -hmm. and that was kind of early in season season four there's some like very cute fin stuff but then some very emotive fin stuff <laughs> and then, um yeah that, i mean that makes it seem like it's not gelling but i i did like kind of how different those contrasts were and that was something that they brought to it that i don't think i would have been able to yeah sometimes it's it's the point of contrast that makes the episode stand out even if it feels like on paper it wouldn't gel yeah i mean adventure time was kind of wild in yeah. that way from the beginning where it was meant to incorporate really different styles and approaches as long as they didn't totally fight each other right. i think so then how did you feel when you finally found out that she was going to pitch her own show to the network i felt betrayed <laughs> no that's not true <laughs> no i was excited i think that's that's an ongoing part of the process like you have a show the people kind of distinguish themselves through the episodes they're making and then the network approaches them about you know what ideas they'd have because it it's a constant sort of mill where you have to find new ideas you know you can't rest everything has to be in development while you're working on the thing that's doing well so it wasn't surprising definitely that they would approach her and did did she like come to you for help at all when she was like putting that first pilot together or coming up with the ideas for steven or did that sort of just happen in the background from where you were standing i'm trying to remember if i saw anything of the pilot until until the pitch happened because i don't think i was at the pitch mm -hmm. but i don't think i saw much beyond sort of the sketches that she had done for those first versions of the characters and i'm sure she was showing it to some people but i think she really wanted it to be distinct so i think which was good i, I don't think it needed to have a billion people looking at it i think right. it, it needed to come from her and when i did see the completed pilot it was very clearly a rebecca short and it, right. you know i could kind of see the especially her comics work i, mm. I saw a lot of that in the pilot it, it looked like scenes from pug davis i right. not directly but it reminded me of those so how does in just seeing how steven has gone on over the years like how does it compare to adventure time in your in your eyes like what about it like kind of stands out as being like oh that's like rebecca like doing that show it's hard because i don't like comparing them <laughs> I, I think it's kind of its own distinct thing and the things that steven can do I mostly look at what it can do that we can't do on Adventure Time, just in terms of like how she set it up and the character dynamics are so different that, I mean, they're both animated and they both have, you know, uh, variations on certain character designs, but that's not, you know, that's just cosmetic. Uh, the thing that feels different is that thematically, I think she had a really strong idea about what the entire series was going to be about. And even if it wasn't apparent in the first season, it was already percolating at the back of her head what the show was going to be about. Mm -hmm. And like any show, it, I'm sure it shifted over time, but the, the kind of core ideas behind it and and the representations of the psyche and how, how these characters played off each other, I think that was pretty figured out, it seems like, early on. Yeah. And that's been cool to see, just how the show not as changed over time, but has kind of unfolded and, and shown more cards over time. Cause I think yeah. she always knew 
a lot of the things that are being revealed now. It's just she wanted to kind of build up to them, mm-hmm. which is something that we really were dissuaded from early on in Adventure Time. And I'm sure they tried to dissuade her, too, but she, at the back of her head, she was like, I know what I'm going to do. And, <laughs> and that's kind of what we're seeing now. And kind of speaking of that, too, like, have you kind of got the sense that she's matured a lot? Like, as, like, coming from, you know, season two Adventure Time, you're, you know, you're partnered up with this revisionist, and now she's running, you know, this huge thing that has this huge fo- fan following that you're on a podcast for that you are, that has sort of, like, you know, built so much steam on its own. Like, has she sort of matured in your eyes as like an artist or as a showrunner a lot of the things that she's known for now were really apparent early on so it's more a matter of the network catching up Mm. to what she wanted to do and to kind of say that like has she grown a lot I'm, i'm sure she has just because when you work on this many seasons of anything you change and you learn a lot of stuff just from doing it but early on she approached it with a lot of emotional intelligence and maturity so it it seems weird to be like well when you started off you didn't know what you were doing because she always knew what she was doing she just didn't have a lot of experience doing it and like anybody when she first started she was nervous because you're nervous when you start a job and you think you might get fired but (laughs) she was never going to get fired she was always really good so i feel like everyone else is figuring out how mature she is as opposed to she's getting more mature right (laughs) and she's changed a lot too i think that's that's kind of the thing that's been interesting to watch is how making the show and has changed her just the experience of making the show and how she's kind of uh realized things about herself just through the act of making the show that's really interesting to watch and then it sort of all came full circle when she came back um, for the finale of Adventure Time, mm-hmm. when she did a uh, time adventure, yes. Um, how did that come about? Like, who pitched that idea? Or did you approach her with that, or did she come to you? I mean, I obviously have to ask her. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, what happens with all the songs that she did after she left the show? I would have to get over my shame about asking her to do a song because I knew she was super busy. But I knew if I asked, she would at least consider it. So I would, I would have to get over the idea of creating more work for her when i knew it would be good and i knew it would make the final thing better but i also know how she busy she is and i was like ah, i don't care i need it i need that song has to be in there uh so luckily she's she's been really gracious and generous with her time and i was really happy that she was able to contribute that song to the end yeah. i don't i don't think the episode would be the same and i i you know yeah i could say that for most of the songs that she wrote for the show the the show would not be the same without that contribution. Hmm. Um, and when, and for those scenes, um, do you go into them with that, with not necessarily the song in mind, because obviously like Rebecca writes it, but with the with the idea that like this scene needs a song in it. Yeah, the sequence was basically designed to have an amazing song, <laughs> so that's already a challenge when you're like, this song has to be really good. Uh, it's so good that it causes this plot thing to happen. I was like, okay, well, that better be a pretty good song. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to write it. So hopefully Rebecca has time because otherwise maybe we're screwed. <laughs> so usually the songs would be trying to describe a feeling rather than something in the plot that needed to happen. So we just kind of pitch a general idea of what that sequence would be. And she would go off and, and just come back with these brilliant ideas mm. And a lot of the time, I know she she's written like three or four versions of all these songs that I never see. Like it was that way with the song she wrote for Stakes, mm-hmm. uh, Everything Stays. I think she had 
a bunch of different drafts because she does a lot of self-editing so there's there's not really a need to say here i have notes it's mm-hmm. always what do you think this song needs to be and just kind of giving her the space right to do it also it feels like such a huge favor i i would feel like a jerk <laughs> saying like i don't know if this part works <laughs> usually it was just for time like we needed this song to be a bit longer or a bit shorter just to fit our constraints yeah makes sense and then um speaking of contributing to each other's shows um you're actually contributing to steven universe on an upcoming episode is that right that's right is there anything and we can't talk story obviously um but is there anything you can say about boarding that episode or what it was like to sort of uh work on the steven team for a little, little bit of time it was unique because i don't think i've boarded for any other show while i've been at cartoon network so it was boarding on somebody else's show pretty late into the run so it was really established so i think up front i was like i'm gonna mess this up because i do not know these characters and i'm pretty sure i'm gonna call steven finn at some point during the pitch and look dumb (laughs) but i think she was really smart in what she picked like which episode so it wasn't a very lore heavy episode so i was kind of freed from those constraints and having to know the exact arcs of all these myriad of characters but it was fun i actually really got into it just because it was so different from adventure time but uh and just getting to sort of play in that world great all right uh thank you so much for coming on the show oh thank you all right next up we'll sit down with ian jones Gordy to talk about the development of okko and steven universe and what it's like to work alongside rebecca all right i'm here with ian jones Gordy, creator of okko welcome back to the show thanks for having me so for this episode we're kind of going to want to take a look back at how you and Rebecca kind of came up together and what that working relationship's been like. Absolutely. Start your time here at Cartoon Network. So kind of taking this from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. How did you go from making your own comics to like actually working in animation studios and working at Cartoon Network? Like what's, <laughs> what are the steps? I guess it's a really, really long journey because uh, I've been making my own comics since I was about four and I always drew my own stuff. I was making my own flip books and my own comics since I was a little kid and in elementary school and middle school. And then when I was in high school, I started making um, web comics. I started putting, I got a scanner for Christmas one year and started putting my comics on the internet. And um, I had always dreamed of uh, making my own cartoon. And I think uh, making comics was kind of my outlet for that. So I just kept working on it, and I eventually went to Animation College uh, School of Visual Arts in New York, and I started working. I just, you know, one day I convinced my parents to let me stay in New York over the summer, and I just opened, I looked up a database of all the animation studios in New York, and I just called each one, asking them if they needed people to help and uh, eventually I got internships and jobs and then I was animation director on the Venture Brothers after I mean that took a while to get there but right. after that then I, mean, I uh, interned to animation director exactly just, just <laughs> no I mean I just worked on it for a really long time and then eventually um, I heard about this show Adventure Time and I took a test and I came out mm-hmm. And for that test process, like, how did you hear about the show? Like, did you, like, have an agent at the time, or were you just, like, still cold calling, or... Let's see. So, the test, actually, a friend of mine had taken a test for a regular show, 
he couldn't do it, so I took his test. Mm. And then I think um, that was around the same time that Rebecca had met Penn at SPX and took a test for Adventure Time. And she had already moved to L.A. I was still in New York. Mm. And they were like, uh, I think Rebecca let me know they were they were looking for storyboard revisionists. So I I volunteered to take the test. Mm. And yeah, the uh, thing about uh, these tests is basically they give you sort of some designs and I, a basic idea of what you're supposed to do. And then you're supposed to basically uh, come up with a story in about 40 panels. Mm. And so that's what I did. And I submitted it. I didn't hear back. And then I asked him again, oh, what did you like about the test? What didn't you like? I actually got some notes. And mm. then I actually, like, did a revised version and send it back, you know. And then they said, uh, move on out. Very cool. Um, so that's sort of how they how they brought you into the fold. But yeah. even with your relationship with Rebecca, so did you guys actually meet in college? Or did you know, like, did you know her as a friend first or as, like, a fellow so, artist first? I knew her as a fellow student first. I had met her before. She was a freshman while I was a senior. Mm-hmm. And I she was in a class that I did teacher's assistant mm-hmm. for. And so I had known her as an artist and like a you know a fellow classmate mm-hmm. and then it was years later i had graduated this was maybe like several like a couple years later i think i saw some of her comics online mm-hmm. and i was just like whoa she she can do that that's crazy um i thought she was amazing but i mean i hadn't talked to her in a really long time and then like maybe like a couple years later we had my roommate and i who i also made short films with we had a housewarming party in our apartment in brooklyn and she came and then we met again and so basically we just started hanging out a lot and we had a lot of the same similar interests and we could sort of just go out uh sit down for coffee and talk about cartoons for like five hours (laughs) you know uh so yeah it was it was it was great i mean i was i she always had such amazing talent and she helped me out a lot too. Um, we would sort of pitch ideas to each other and kind of work on them together. And we never really collaborated on the same project. Mm. Um, we would always just be working on our own stuff and be sort of testing it on each other. But we helped each other like on these uh, short films that I was doing with my roommate, Jim. Uh, it was a short series called Knock Force. And Rebecca helped me with some of the character design like we would have like random background characters show up in every episode Mm -hmm. so she would help me with some of those designs and then i remember she was doing short films still and i would help her like come up with ideas right so yeah it was great and so even in that going back and forth with your ideas that's even was sort of the same thing when you were doing steven and ko together then it was sort of yeah always that natural fit yeah um so steven and ko we were doing the development for those at the same exact time. And we were actually doing the, we were drawing the storyboards for the pilots, like, like alongside each other. Mm -hmm. And we would always draw a section, then pitch them to each other. And then like, you know, come up with jokes and then like try and figure out 
how to make each other's thing better. Mm-hmm. It was just really fun working on those things together. Right. We were we were doing like a lot of stuff at once. We were like drawing comics. We were making these uh, storyboards. We were uh, going to conventions mm-hmm. and like tabling. It was great. Yeah, and you were still on Adventure Time too, right? Or were you, yeah, I was. I was on Adventure Time. I had left Adventure Time for a short while to storyboard on a show called Secret Mountain Fort Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then I came back to Adventure Time as storyboard supervisor. So I was doing that for quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Great. And then as you were doing development and you were pitching the shows around the same time, Steven got picked up. But then KO sort of went on its own, like, longer journey. Yeah, it Um, went on its own journey. Well, I mean, you know, for me, Rebecca and I had made sort of a deal with each other that if one of our shows got picked up, the other person was going to get to work on it and bring their specific brand of cartooning to the show since that's kind of what we did with the pilots Mm -hmm. we were making them by ourselves but we were also we were also relying on each other to you know add little bits of personality so like for instance you know in the ko pilot lakewood plaza turbo a lot of kind of the point of view of the pilot and also like you know ko like needing to rely on people and sort of like having this nice relationship with his mom like these were all like notes that you know rebecca gave to me and helped me like script out those parts and then Mm -hmm. like the steven pilot like you know i helped script a bunch of those uh comeback jokes and then like some of the action scene at the end where like the gems like jump down and when they defeat that skull monster, I helped storyboard out like a couple of those things. Nice. So we were always sort of working on each other's projects. So we were always like, well, if one of them gets made into a show, we're going to have to just continue that feeling. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened with Steven. But um, yeah, at that time, um, I was just all in on Steven. But while I was doing that, the pilot kind of took on this life of its own mm-hmm. and Cartoon Network really wanted to develop it, keep developing that world. Right. So then we made a mobile game, um, which was really fun. We found a developer called Double Stallion who mm. had already made a beat 'em up mobile game, but we were thinking, oh, maybe they could use that engine on like a KO game. So right. we started we we started on that and that was that was really fun. And I was doing all of this on top of my regular job <laughs> at Steven as well. And and I just kept working on both things for as long as I could. So by the time we were like making new boards for KO and planning like the game jam and stuff mm-hmm. like that, it became too much and I had to leave mm-hmm. Steven, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. But it must have been like sort of a bittersweet leaving because it was kind of a sign that your own thing was that, that KO was building up so much steam. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. The thing is, um, Steven, since I was there from the beginning and really had a hand in creating a lot of it, it was very personal to me. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was really bittersweet to leave. Yeah. But then now that you're doing both of your, like, quote-unquote, like, sibling shows <laughs> yeah. at the same time, what is the sort of stands out about um, Rebecca's sensibilities and sort of how, you know, she's run Steven compared to, like, how you've been running KO and the sort of creative right. um, stamp that you put on things? We have the thing that makes our relationship work and also our working relationship work is just that we have similar taste but we approach 
problems from different perspectives. Mm. For instance, Rebecca really likes to build ideas from the inside out. She likes to start with one character or one small idea and sort of start with that sharply in focus and then start building the characters in the world around that idea. Mm. Whereas I kind of go opposite. I kind of go from the outside in. I like to come up with a world and a setting and an and a overall idea and mm. then keep working on it until it gets more and more specific and then I find a character that's experiencing all of those things. And so for us on Steven, it was really good because we had this balance of I was very focused on figuring out the lore and the universe and how all that worked and mm. like what the big backstories were. But at the same time as I was doing that, Rebecca was developing the characters, their relationships, yeah. uh, their pasts, like where they came from, what they're like, like how they are. And so we would end up meeting in the middle. And by the time we got there, we would have like a very fully realized world. Yeah. Yeah. And did you feel like a lot of that world was really worked out even from like those beginning days to like where we are, you know, how far we've come now with yeah. the, the Diamond yeah. Days episodes right on the corner. Yeah, it really was. Actually, we're, we're post Pink Diamond reveal, so I can finally talk about this stuff. Mm. But I remember coming up with the story of Pink Diamond and Rose Quartz. That was something we came up with maybe the first month of working on the show, working mm. with uh, Matt Burnett and Ben Levin. We we're all in a writer's room together and we were kind of trying to figure out the precise like algebra of how the whole thing fit together mm. and i remember having uh rebecca and i had like an incredible brainstorm one night where it all kind of came together and you know i've talked about this a little bit on this podcast before but as a child of immigrants you know i i really relate to the idea of someone trying to reinvent themselves or move mm. away and turn into a new person and i think that happens in a lot of families mm. uh, especially in immigrant families you maintain this connection to your past that you can't get rid of but you kind of reinvent yourself into a new person right and thinking about those themes kind of led to the invention of this story of pink diamond uh reinventing herself into rose quartz mm. and sort of how even though you reinvent yourself those those actual ties that you have uh never really go away right and so that was one of those big picture things mm -hmm. and then we started to apply those rules to all of the smaller character stories that we made oh, and it all kind of it all kind of worked together and we kind of had we kind of figured out oh this is the reason why these characters act like this and, mm. and this is why uh, Rose Quartz's memory is so confusing and kind of um, and you don't really know exactly uh, who she was and like because she was trying to hide mm. herself from everybody around her that was a real huge thing uh, basically in those early days once we had figured that out it was it, you know it was very easy to keep writing the stories because right. then we were like Oh, this is a story of someone who 
tried to abandon their past, but it's going to keep coming up with them no matter what they do. And that's even reflected in in the gems too a little bit that they're oh, all yeah. re- in some ways running away from that homeworld past and mm-hmm. reinventing themselves like Pearl and Garnet especially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and yeah, exactly. Once we had that little piece, it was very easy to kind of figure out the characters. We knew we want the wanted the characters to act that way and be that way. But once we figured out that reason behind it, and I mean, this story about um, Pink and Rose, this was something we wrote before we finished, like, the first episode. Mm. So we had this, like, incredibly early on. Yeah. And having that really informed everything that we did going forward, and we told any new storyboarder who's coming on who's going to be working on it we would tell them the whole history mm. so that they would understand oh this is like the backstory of why these characters act this way right. we're just not gonna talk about why that <laughs> is yeah. yeah but you have to know mm-hmm. so what's been sort of most exciting now that you know you're both show running you're both at Cartoon Network you're mm-hmm. both still bouncing ideas off of each other and in a lot of ways it's similar to where you started from, but, yeah. like, how is it different? Like, what's exciting about the work that you're doing right now? I mean, OKKO is, um, it's in a lot of ways very similar to um, Steven. Um, and a lot of the things about how I run it are things that I learned from Steven. The thing that was always great about working on Steven was that Rebecca always had very clear ideas on what she wanted the show to be and what she wanted the stories to be like. She always had a very clear vision of how she wanted the whole thing to feel. And having a strong vision like that at the outset is really helpful. Mm. However, you have to have that strong outset, but you are working with a lot of people who are creative and talented artists. So you have to let those artists live inside the vision that you have and while you have to have a very specific strategy for how you're telling the story you also have to find a way for everybody's points of view to make sense within that vision and that's something that you know I take from my time on Steven OKKO is very similar but also on Steven we kind of took that from our time on Adventure Time, mm. uh, where Penn was very much the same way. I mean, Penn was even taking that from his time on Flapjack, which was also very similar. Mm. So it's it's an extension of that same kind of storytelling. Thinking about, you know, um, that collaboration and that going back and forth of that, then you even continue to give back to each other once the shows are running. Like, like Rebecca did the credits theme for Okay, okay Yeah. Um, like, was that her idea? Was that your idea that you pitched to her to, like, edit um, that? I can't remember exactly where it came from. I think I asked her to do it because the sad part about me moving on to my show but Rebecca having to stay and work on Steven was that she wasn't going to get to be as involved with OKKO as I was with Steven Universe. So, and she does help from time to time. She definitely does like a lot of under the table work where I'm asking her like, hey, these are the stories we're doing. What do you think? And she's giving me her um, opinions. But I asked her to do it because I wanted to make sure that on every single episode, there would be kind of a reminder for me of what this grew out of. And also that this sort of style of cartooning what we were trying to do was something that i built with her and yeah 
she came up with the song, though. We talked a lot about the themes of OKKO. Uh, one of the things about OKKO is that there's a lot of cool stuff happening. There's a lot of fights. There's a lot of like friendship and explosions and <laughs> robots and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's merely just kind of a story, a cartoon that's there to have fun. And you're just supposed to watch it, maybe not take it too seriously, and just enjoy it for what it is and just uh, revel in the feeling of getting to enjoy something that is just pure entertainment. And she came up with the ending song, which is just about the idea that OKKO is a cartoon and that all the things you see on screen are drawings and they're not real, but they're real to you. And we just end with thanking the viewer for watching because <laughs> we love them. <laughs> yeah. 20, add 24 frames per second. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And next we'll sit down with Matt Burnett and Ben Levin to talk about their work on Steven Universe and what they've learned from Rebecca that carried into Craig of the Creek. I'm here with Matt Burnett and Ben Levin. Um, to start us off, when did you guys first learn about Rebecca and her art? I think it was around 2008, possibly, that I saw a link online to her comic, Don't Cry For Me, I'm Already Dead, hmm. um, which is this comic she did about these two friends who love quoting The Simpsons, and then one of them gets in a car accident or in an accident, and they can only communicate through quoting The Simpsons, which I thought was just wow. amazing and incredible it was like funny and like so sad and i emailed her just out of the blue being like oh my gosh i saw this comic it's amazing um and she wrote me back because she had seen one of my short films a film i did for uh, at nyu called she 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 she's a bombshell she was like oh i saw your film and yeah that was kind of like actually how we first met but we didn't really actually meet in person until like four years later when we were out in LA but you were both in a weird way kind of like fans of each other before you even yeah she knew of, of uh, my shorts and the stuff that me and Matt we were at the time both living in New York animating our own shorts like out of our apartments in Queens um, and she was also you know doing animation in New York I don't know if she was still in SVA at the time or what but yeah I don't remember I know that it's like I mean a lot of the original Stephen crew was SVA New York alumni and we all found out like oh we were at some of the same functions together probably in the same room but we didn't know each other so we never talked like cat and yeah stuff. yeah yeah we were all in this these kind of circles but we only knew each other through the internet yeah. yeah and then all sort of came together and you met out here in Los Angeles then yeah so I think that we had come out to work on a Cartoon Network show called Level Up we got this job based off this pilot we had written for our web series. And when that ended, Stephen was starting up, and I think that we were on a list somehow of people to be considered. I think that Ian maybe had like been like, oh, yeah, Matt and Ben are out here. They made those shorts. I think like somebody like Multiple somehow. people claim credit for recommending <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure, but Rebecca, you know, knew us. She was like, oh, yeah, like I, you know she knew from like me from my short film and knew that we were animators and wanted to meet with us and so we met with her um so it was yeah it was weird that like sort of this random email 
and this short film I did in like years ago sort of like came back around like five years four years later but it all it all sort of works together so then you were you're writing on steven universe and what was sort of that experience like of getting to actually work with this person that you sort of known of or heard of and you know been recommended to um but now you're actually sitting down day to day getting to work on the show together what was that process like i think that we uh we knew of rebecca's stuff and we 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 met with her at this deli when she showed us like i think on her laptop the the pilot for yeah we watched the pilot animatic it was animated yeah and even the animatic we were like oh my god this is so cool we wanted to work on it so bad it just looks so awesome and then yeah we just we just i don't know started working together yeah we just would sit in this room in the small like that we didn't really have the crew it was just like steven and ian and us like sitting in this room like pitching out ideas in the Powerpuff Girls animatics room uh, for that one special that they were working on. Yeah, I know. None of us were nobodies back then because it's like, it's just like, we were all just peers. We had all been in New York just doing indie animation and like Rebecca and Ian had gotten out here earlier and were doing stuff on Adventure Time and everything but it's like, I feel like the heights to which Rebecca has risen in the eyes of the animation world, it was we were all just like even at the point we started talking to her, it wasn't greenlit, so it wasn't clear that this is going to exist. It was, like, leaning that direction, but we were just kind of talking about stuff before it was official, and it was just kind of like, oh, we're just talking. It was just fun. It was just fun to hang out with someone who was interested in cool making cool stuff and looking to us to help her make the cool stuff. So it was, yeah. Yeah, we just sat in those rooms. We just had a lot of, in the early days, just a lot of time to just talk out story, joke about old cartoons we used to watch when we were kids and you know come up with these ideas for the show and evolve the show yeah so even back then um i mean it sounds like you're all sort of just like excited about just the opportunity to do it Um, yeah but then how did that even like when you're then working on the episodes too how did that passion sort of come out like what sort of things did you guys really hone in on together well i feel like uh you know once the show was going uh it was really interesting to watch Rebecca work and see how she ran things. I mean, I think we were always just trying to make the best, you know, version of her story as possible. Like, you know, we try to take cues from her and be like, what do you want to do? And like, try and, you know, make this like the best story we could. And it was really interesting to watch someone work who was so passionate about everything. Like, you know, the characters were very in depth and real, and we would spend a lot of time talking about like, would this character make this decision? You know, and she was very conscious of like kind of tracking their personalities throughout episodes. Um, that was something that was like really interesting, and I feel like also like a lot of like just like symbolism stuff in animation. You get to choose. We say this all the time, but in animation, you you're making all sorts of decisions because you're building a world from nothing. And I feel like really learned from her that like, you know, everything could be symbolic or useful to the episode's theme. That was like a fun thing to see her do. Mm-hmm. There's that part in like, is it in Lars and the Cool Kids where like Pearl's like, it's semiotics. Symbiotics. Sem- yeah. yeah some, she's like, I think whatever it is, it means the study of like symbols or signs. But that was like definitely Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was very it was very fun and collaborative. Like that was the big takeaway is that she was just like we would all talk about how we felt about the episode and you know like the characters' story throughout it. And I you know I feel like Rebecca 
and Steven through her influence. It's like it's just such a big, expansive show in terms of like what a typical episode of Steven Universe can be. And Rebecca just she likes so many different things and sort of never wanted to exclude anything that was interesting from the show just because maybe it wasn't uh, what you would expect from the show. And I think that that just made it such a creatively exciting environment to be in where it's like any episode could be almost anything we want. It can be this huge, you know, lore-driven sort of genre sci-fi fantasy thing, or it could just be like a mundane sitcom-y kind of comedy. And it always just energized you. As soon as something maybe wasn't interesting to her or to us... It would be like, well, let's do something a little bit different. What, what is funny? What is amusing us this week? And that's like mm. the the joy of working on that show is that like we made that show for ourselves. Like Rebecca, we we made it for ourselves uh, to entertain ourselves, and it was just knowing that there were people out there who were like us and would appreciate it too. So it, you know, it made it a lot of fun to work on. Yeah, and thinking about that environment too. Like, so then when you were moving on to do Craig. Um, what was her reaction to that? Like, how did you guys, did you guys work together on that at all? Or was she just like supporting you guys as you're developing that pitch? Like, what was that working we, process um, like? We had developed uh, a couple things while on Steven. Um, we'd always like bounce ideas, you know, like we'd show her what we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple like storyboard pitches for the pilot of Craig with her and Ian and um, a couple other, other people from the crew um, to see what they thought about it. Um, I feel like a lot of the stuff we, you know, learned while make you know, that we put into Craig, we learned just while making Steven mm-hmm. and being on Steven, not necessarily, like, during the development process. Right. I mean, like, but there were a lot of cues to take from Steven um, for his, like, I think what makes, like, a successful, entertaining, engaging show. You yeah. Know, even even just from a pilot standpoint of the Steven pilot just being this very like character based, even though it's it turns into this big expansive lore, it's a very character based simple little story that kind of gets you into the show because you mm-hmm. like these characters. So there's a, like a lot to learn from throughout our like five years there. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know we for Craig of the Creek, we were pulling on something that was a little more personal than our other pitches. Mm. Which I think is something similar to, you know, what Rebecca, obviously what Rebecca had been doing on Steven, of like kind of finding something from your life that you were drawing from. And, you know, Craig was something from our childhoods, like an amalgamation of that. Um, And that was like, I think that's, you know, another special thing about Steven. And I think the way that we were able to find something special in Craig of the Creek is, uh, you know, pulling that out of our experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Steven gave me and us like a, real insight into how to work an audience like to know what people were responding to and i think we took a lot of like the things that the audience of steven loved and be like well let's sort of do that to in a completely different show and it's like you know we have more of a it's more straight comedy there's not a strong continuity but yeah like knowing when people will respond to deep callbacks to other episodes (laughs) and lures and stuff and that the way that paying attention to characters and representing different characters will resonate with people i think we really brought a lot of what we learned from steven's audience to a very different show and it's it's a different show that i think really appeals to kind of the same kind of person that would love steven universe yeah i mean yeah with craig the creek when 
working on Steven, I mean, there's such an incredible fan base. We were seeing so many fan reactions. I mean, we really saw how much all the representation on Steven Universe like meant to people, and it really inspired us to try and carry that torch forward when we made a show mm-hmm. and try and make something that used that opportunity we had been given to, you know, provide some representation in a fun, you know, cartoon show. But also the way we just told stories, I think, was influenced by Steven. I think because we didn't work in that format before. Yeah, we hadn't worked in anim- like we had animated, made our own shorts, but we had not like worked in a TV pipeline for animation. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, had learned to do the eleven minute format. But also the type of episodes we were telling on Steven, I think, very much influenced the the way we st- kind of structure things on Craig, because like Steven episodes always have a very like strong emotional arc to each episode you know it's not necessarily always dramatic but there's always a character who's really experienced something and kind of goes through a strong arc not always the case i feel like in other shows we've kind of carried that we try and sort of have that same thing uh in craig episodes you know about one character experiencing some kind of emotion to really help it drive forward I think that's like something that really stylistically might have been different if we hadn't worked on Steven. I don't yeah. Know, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, the Steven's stories and Craig's stories are always one character's story versus a plot that the characters are sort of running themselves through. But like, we are arbitrarily putting them in that situation and then they sort of don't have an investment in it other than finishing the plot we've laid out for them. I think it's, right. it's you know, I think if we hadn't gone through all of the the years on Steven, I think that that would have been the instinct of, like, remembering something cool from our childhood of, like, oh, like, oh, remember when we just, I built this really cool fort in the woods when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. And then we would do an episode about building a fort, but, you know, we wouldn't have necessarily thought to anchor it to... Uh, it's not an episode of Craig, but like if Craig is like, I'm feeling inadequate at home, I want to build my own home, and like making that an emotional drive for why he's building the fort. Like it's a basic thing, but it's something we really learned and and discovered on Steven is like the core of a good, engaging episode of television. Yeah, I mean, because and Rebecca had these characters that she really wanted to engage with and sort of explore the depths of their personalities. So I think that's where that sort of style came from. Of like, yeah, you know, this is what helps. You care about an episode. Right. When you care about a story is when this character has something really, some stakes in it. Mm-hmm. And the stakes are different on Steven, on Craig than they are on Steven. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. But there's still that sort of fundamental that I think we kind of picked up on and honed um, while working on Steven. Right. It's that sort of uh, personal anchor that, like, if someone can relate to that feeling, even if they can't relate to necessarily what's happening on screen, they can connect to the story a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think, and also just character continuity, because that, again, that was such a thing that we always talked about character-wise. You know, like, what is this character's backstory? What are they feeling? How would they react? I think it's something that helps you kind of, um, you know, make sure that, like, each joke or each story is particular to somebody. So it feels like, you know, if it's on Steven, only this is a specific Garnet story or on Craig. Like, this is something only JP would do. You know, we I mm-hmm. think that helps your show feel unique and special to itself and not generic mm-hmm. when the stories are really coming from those characters in a specific way. And you kind of really tailor those moments, reactions, those jokes to those characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even the minor, even a character who's not playing a major role in an episode, honoring their character continuity and, like, making sure that, mm-hmm. like, in this situation... 
Amethyst might only have one line in this scene, but like the way she will react to what's going on is completely true to Amethyst's character and maybe giving insight to something that's not even relevant to this episode. But like when you look yeah. at the whole uh, yeah. tapestry of her story, you're like, oh, yeah, of course she would react to Pearl in that way in that mm-hmm. moment because we find out this later. We knew this from before. And I think that that is like what gives a dimension mm-hmm. to those characters and like, I mean, yeah, you, the audience needs to invest in the characters before the story. No one would care about the story of Steven Universe if we didn't care about Steven and the Crystal Gems and mm-hmm. Greg and his mom. Like, it, all of the lore and the mythos doesn't mean anything if it's not applied to characters that you care about. So, and just treating them like real people and not just cartoon characters and honoring that always is what I think gave it the depth that uh, allowed that to happen. Right. And a lot of that you you got from Steven, was there a moment when you were working on that show that you felt it was right to roll off and try to do your own thing? Because, like, you know, I've always talked about with Ian and other people who've been on the show, like, Cartoon Network has such a legacy of people going from one show to the next and, like, starting their own thing. Like, when did you feel that moment was right for you guys? I mean, it wasn't really our choice. Yeah, it was sort of out of our hands, but it was very fortunate how it timed up is that we finished... We had written everything that had been ordered at that point. We didn't even we weren't even there to hand out all of the episodes for the this last the Diamond Days run. Yeah, like the last the last few we hadn't been there for the pitches, but we mm-hmm. had written like this kind of uh, kind of finalized this sort of uh, specific arc of the show, and it was nice to sort of been able to see that from start to finish. Mm. You know, it, yeah, that yeah. felt like it, it was like not as hard to leave because of that. Yeah. We got to pay off everything that it feels like we talked about in that first month when it was just us and Ian and Rebecca and Steven hanging out. Like, I feel like everything that was talked about in that month, that's all done. And then that was good. And then there's new stuff, but, yeah, I don't know. But it was, it it was, was a good... It, it felt it was like a good, good stopping point. It was like a good a moment. moment. Yeah, because it was really hard to leave. I mean, we... Yeah. You know, I mean, and we were on that show. We were on it for, right, five years? Mm, under five years. It was it was a long, long time, and I think that a lot of, you know, everyone on that show is, like, really putting a lot of themselves into it, and there wasn't a lot of, like, turnover in the crew. Mm-hmm. People really felt passionate about the show, and it, it meant yeah. a lot to them. It's, we did too. I mean, it was yeah. like it was. I mean, a, yeah, as passionate as fans are about Steven Universe, like you know, I hope they understand that. Like, we were passionate about it first because we were all fans <laughs> of the show, and like we the things that the fans were like going crazy about, like we were going crazy about, like nine months before, like figuring it out and. There, that level of investment there in the audience was the same in the studio as the people who were making it. So yeah, it was just and we and we knew that uh, we as the show went on, we came to know like what these episodes will mean when they come out. So yeah, it was just really cool. It was just such a special show and community to be a part of. Very very unique, I think too. Would you ever want to work with Rebecca on something else? Like if she could like <laughs> guest write or like make make up a song for Craig of the Creek or absolutely work with Rebecca <laughs> on anything. Yeah, work with Rebecca on you know, I don't know, designing a soup can. I don't know what. Like do anything. Uh, it, it was so much yeah. fun working with Rebecca. Uh, she wants to take it easy, become a PA, <laughs> find a spot for her. She can just she you know, do whatever, whatever. It's all good. No, uh, she's. I mean, we had so much fun working with Rebecca, and we really had a 
a great flow going. I don't know how to explain yeah. it, but um, yeah, any time in the future, work with her on something else, it'd be a dream. Yeah, I yeah, she was great to work with, and it was like I feel like it was always fun to, especially as we went along, to like be able to know the things I could pitch that would make her crack up and laugh and be like, ah, oh, yes. I, like, uh, through all of the sort of, like, intense stuff we would talk about about that show, like, knowing what I could say to, like, just totally set her off on some funny tangent or something. And that was just, like, it was just a fun dynamic of, like, what she brought to the show and really brought to us and the influence she brought to our sensibility and then the way we were able to contribute a little bit of ourselves to, to what she was crafting. It was just it was just a lot of fun. It was every time we would go in that writer's room, it was just fun. So, yeah, it was great. It was just like hanging out with her friend every day. Cool. And then so out of, you know, all that you learned from Steven, I imagine that there are people that are on Craig now who are even learning a lot from you guys. Like, how do you guys always make sure to be good leaders and to, like, nurture that talent? Uh, you know, I think that one of the cool things about Steven, you know, was the collaborative nature that, you know, uh, everyone would have a chance to kind of voice their opinions on things. And, uh, you know, she wasn't afraid of just, like, kind of, letting a lot of the creative process be open and we try and do that too on Craig um, you know we try and have open discussions and you know get everybody's ideas on episodes and designs and everything which is a lot of fun and I think that you know I hope that that exposes people to you know chances the same way that we had so many chances on Steven to do lots of different things I think Craig in particular I mean it started as a show that was based on our personal experiences growing up and, you know, we have a lot of memories growing up. We, we got to make a lot of episodes of television, too. And uh, bringing our crew in and, and other artists to collaborate with and get them to, to add their personal memories of childhood, it created just such a more complete show and, and a look at so many different experiences that kids have growing up. And, um, yeah, we always look for people on our crew who want to be able to contribute that and then always try and you know when someone has an interest in something that's maybe a little bit outside of their role give them a little insight or opportunity into what that is you know and and show them a different part of the process and stuff because that's what rebecca did for us you know we were writers on that show but then she engaged us in like all the way through when they build the animatics of the episodes and stuff and we were there for records and everything and just Getting, I mean, to, getting to con, get, contributing and even when we weren't contributing, just getting to kind of be there and observe was, I think, tremendously helpful to where we eventually wound yeah, up running yeah. our own show. I mean, we got to see so much that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. We were a little more prepared for our show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to be showrunners without working on Steven. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no doubt about it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Cool. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks again to Adam Musso, Ian Jones-Cordy, Matt Burnett, and Ben Levin for joining the podcast. I'm Charles Abadje, and thank you so much for listening. Mackenzie will be back next Thursday with special guest Estelle.